0: It's the call up hotel edition, as the people on YouTube must be watching right now, and like, where are these guys? We're in Hoover, Alabama, for the SEC tournament. Uh, we got one game yesterday, which was fun. Yes. We got to see we got to see some good baseball between Georgia and Alabama. A bit of a home cooking for you know the, the folks from Tuscaloosa, is only about ten minutes away from Hoover, Alabama. Mm-hmm. We have a big time minor league trip moving forward that we've previewed a little bit. We're going to go more into detail on previewing it you know, through the rest of this week and what people can expect content-wise. And we're going to talk about some of the hottest hitters of May. I feel like I have a general pulse of it, but I haven't looked at the exact hottest hitters of May, and you're going to kind of fly through them. And I'm going to give my honest thoughts on whether I think that they can continue to do this or not. How do you feel about podcasting from a hotel room right now
1: well so i don't know if i like podcasting in person with you that's also a problem (laughs) i think i prefer zoom um no i'm i'm kidding obviously i prefer being in person with you you're a lot taller than i was expecting you to be um (laughs) you gotta stop making people think that we haven't met in person no i mean he's four eleven. i just realized that um no i this is uh this is fun if you're not watching on youtube i highly recommend going over to youtube and checking us out right now because we're sitting like we've got that l couch and arm doesn't have anything to rest his back on i got the luck of the draw i have something to rest my back on if i so choose but yeah no this is exciting man i kind of like only having to use one camera to get the both of us this yeah. is really exciting it's but, good.
0: it's good tv practice too right i gotta look at you and then look at the camera and then look at you and then look at the camera i've always it's the, the third person of the conversation yeah. the camera right so, and the mic's the fourth because we got a lot of people that listen to just the podcast which by the way a uh, little self-pump here it's been so awesome to see the numbers continue to grow. So I just wanted to like give a nod to that. Uh, the podcast week over week continues to go up a ton in terms of you know percent of listens, and uh, that is something I'm super grateful for. I know you've got to be super amped about that too. And uh, thank you to those of you who just continue to listen uh, to these episodes. And we're gonna keep giving you better content and yep. better interviews and more information and Thank you for tagging along with us because it's been really cool to see this show grow in the last couple months. Yeah, yeah
1: and what I think is great is we're a little bit more incentivized now to not say stupid shit, so yeah. you guys keep <laughs> yeah. coming back. So that that's the most important thing, right? We don't say dumb stuff, uh, so you guys keep you know giving us that five star review. Not yeah. all
0: the time, not all the time. We said we mix in some dumb stuff.
1: That's fine. That's fine. So yeah, I mean, what, what we're going to do, like you said, we're going to run through you know the hot sheet in May, pretty much. I've got uh, the research portal up. I've got the OPS leaders in the month of May up. Um, so I'm, I'm going to run through some notable names here, and I just want your legitimate thoughts on their pro prospect type of look, um, like how they can be as Major League Baseball players if they can get there uh, and things like that. So yeah, I mean, that'll be a good one. You know, like, obviously, the, the leader here, I, th- I want to say this name is Jake Holton. Yeah, Jake Holton is a Tigers farmhand. Like, eight games, he's hitting 417. But I, I'm going to go to the guys that have played, like, 18 games yeah, in yeah. May and not eight. So
0: Need more than that. And also, no DSL yet, thank goodness. The, the, no DSL. The DSL, fr- first of all, you, you sparked this thought in me last night. <laughs> uh, the DSL is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Because ever since, you know, the early podcast days with locked on MLB prospects, I'd get so many questions just like, this guy's hitting 450 in the DSL. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see him do it stateside. I I
1: can't watch it. (laughs) Right. I
0: can't watch it. Half the guys there don't even throw strikes. Oh, 25% walk rate in the DSL. I could have a 25% walk rate in the DSL. Just stand. My mom might have a 25% walk rate in the DSL. She'll just stand there. Right. So... The sidebar: I just had to I just had to throw that out there because we aren't at DSL season yet, but there still is. Even in low A, sometimes hot start, ten games for a college guy, like you got to take it with a grain of salt. So that's why I think it's great to talk about the hottest hitters and contextualize it a little bit because I think there's a better job across the the scope of covering it. I know MLB Pipeline put out like hottest hitters of each org in May, yeah. uh, and that was cool, but like a little bit more context as to like whether we can expect that to continue why they're doing well. Sometimes it's a guy that got demoted and now he's raking. Like I think that's where we come in and are the freaks right. who take the time to be able to give you all that context as well.
1: Right. Before we get into this, um I do just want to say that I can't wait for not only DSL season but also uh Florida Complex League season oh. because just hearing like first-hand experiences in the Florida Complex League and the DSL. I mean, they're playing it mm-hmm. like 9 a.m 10 a.m they're just ripping it in like hundred percent humidity it's just disgusting <laughs> it's real feel of a hundred degrees and you play at 9 a.m so it's over by noon when it's unbearable in Florida in uh, in July and August I don't know if it's totally unbearable for you but I it, was, mean,
0: it was bad I mean we used to go grow up you know playing the summer tournaments in Orlando just or You feel like you're in an oven yeah so but, I, I, I don't know how those guys do it uh, and it's not like they're making big money to do it either oh, God. but they're making a lot of opportunity. Um, yeah, they get yeah. paid an experience. experience. They get paid
1: opportunity. an opportunity. God bless the unpaid internship in minor league baseball at the lower levels. <laughs> um, so we're gonna get into uh, just this this hot sheet right now, and I've got guys. Uh, I'll probably stick to just guys with OPSs over a thousand in May. Um, and we'll start with Matt Gorski, who's uh, I think in Double A now, just got the oh, call-up in the Pirates system from Greensboro to Altoona. And I think he went yard in his first game with Altoona. Matt Gorski, 18 games with Greensboro in May, hitting three twenty-eight with a 1,400 OPS. He's got a 1,000 even slugging. So 18 games, 12 homers, 23 driven in. I, he's freaky at the moment. What do you think of Matt Gorski? Is this just a crazy good month, or... I mean is this is this a guy that can show power like that in spurts?
0: I I think he can. It's funny cuz I I literally had to I, some of these names you're going to mention I'm going to like pull up my notes or pull up the page and like see if I can jog my memory and Matt is a guy that was 100% not on my radar going into this year. Yeah. I I think I have the fan graphs up. I don't even think he was ranked in their t- in his top in the top 60 prospects yeah. for for the uh Pirates going into this year. I think he was ranked 55th in 2021. But it's easy to forget that this guy was a second round pick in 2019, yeah. and uh, he's pretty physical. He's six four. He's he's big. He's filled out more now. Uh, I think there's something here potentially, but at the same time, he's he's striking out a good bit in high A. Now he's going to get the bump up to double A, and that's always a big challenge and a big, you know, shift. And I always say like 26, 27 percent K rate in high A. Usually you're going to see that spike a little bit in double. I usually am more concerned about that jump, swing and miss-wise, than like the double to triple jump, swing yeah. and miss-wise. Because if, if you're swinging and missing at a 28% clip in double A, that might stay the same in triple, because it's a lot of the same guys. But high A to double, it's pretty big. So I'd take it with a grain of salt, but it's probably worth following when a guy has 17 pumps in 37 games.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I love that you say physical, because I brought something up with you at the SEC tournament yesterday. When you look at college bats... Just look at their forearms. Like yeah. that's how you know if a guy's going to get a shot in professional baseball. is by forearm definition.
0: So you know who really was like my, my first example of that? I, you could probably guess who the first example is. I, I grew up a Marlins fan. So for those listening, who would be the first example of just monstrous forearms for me? Uh, in like the, the late, oh just before 2010. I like think in 2008 to 2012 range. Maybe a little bit before that. It, was it Ugla? Dan Ugla. Yeah. With the biggest forearms in the game. Biggest forearms go. in the game. But Gorski can run a little bit too, okay. which is interesting. So he's not just forearms? No, no. He's got a little bit more than just the forearms. He's got plus raw power. I, there's some interest there. But again, swing and miss is a bit of a concern. But if he can stick in center, I'm interested.
1: Two Amarillo Sod Poodles that I want to run by you. Sod uh Yeah, I know. That's a weird name. But... Corbin Carroll's one of them. Like, obviously, I know what you think of Corbin Carroll. 17 games, he's hitting 303 with a 12-17 OPS. He's a freak show. He absolutely is. So 17 games, 8 homers, 16 driven in, 16 walks drawn in these 17 games in May. He's 7-for-7 in the swipe bag department. He's getting on base at a 460 clip. Like, how good can Corbin Carroll be? And how high can Corbin Carroll be on the midseason update of the Top 100?
0: That's that's the crazy question because yeah. I, I think is as high as possible
1: almost like I don't think yeah. he's gonna be number one, but um, I top mean,
0: five, top five, definitely top ten. He's not that far off right now, so I think he's almost a shoo-in for top ten, especially with the guys graduating. The combination of his performance and then guys graduating ahead of him is gonna catapult him into the top ten. I, he, there's a little bit more swing and miss here, but he's walking more and there's more power, and I think that's okay. I think that's what you want in today's game, right? This is a speedy guy. That you know when it comes to it will put the bat on the ball when you really need it. But early in ball games, he's gonna take his swings in those leveraged counts, right? If he's in a hitter's count, he's okay taking a big swing because he knows if he gets to two strikes, he can kind of get himself in a spot where he's gonna spray the ball all over and be able to get on base. And, you know, finding that balance, we always talk about it. I always look for that with the speed guys who have power potential. Can you balance the spat to ball and plus, plus speed? with a little bit of pop too. Yeah. And that's a challenge. It's hard. And I think he's finding that really well. The other thing is you talk about the walks one. Now pitchers are not just going to give into him and say, Oh, you know, like if he beats us, it'll just be by a single. We'll just, you know, that's fine. Right now. It's like, Ooh, we can't groove one here. He can put it over the wall. Right. And I know that he plays in a hitters park, but if you look at the splits, yes, more home runs at home, but he's hitting them everywhere. He's hitting them off lefties, hitting sitting them off righties. So you can't really discount what he's doing at all. and. uh I think he's kind of found who he wants to be as a player, which is he doesn't have to be, you know, 10% or strikeout guy. Yeah. He can
1: strike out a little bit more,
0: still put the ball in play consistently, and now give you some power. This guy could
1: be a superstar. So we were talking about, um, you know, increasing the swing and miss slightly for some more power. I was half asleep last night, but we were talking about Santiago Espinal yeah, in that yeah, regard. yeah, yeah, Just a teensy bit more swing and miss, but a teensy bit more pop too. And and you're always pro adding a little bit more power. In today's game, you got to, man. You yeah. You got to.
0: And here's the thing, is is it's not like this is a dude that was like teetering on the brink of thirty percent K Ray. Like he's he's fine where he's at. I think it's actually gonna continue to normalize. It's when you make that adjustment to be more aggressive, I think you see a little bit of a spike and then they settle back into the balance again of those two things. And I think that's exactly what we're gonna see with Carroll. I'm pretty surprised to see how much power. Like I knew that there was at least average power there. And yeah. we're seeing above average power and imagine where he's playing. He's going to be playing a lot of games at Coors. He's obviously playing a lot of games in Arizona. Yeah. I've said for a long time I think he's going to lead the league in triples when he gets up there mm-hmm. and and I maintain that with with all the space they have in Arizona but also, you know, the way the ball carries, he, he's going to be a menace. And I, again, find me a more exciting young one-two punch than Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll, which we could see as soon as what, the end of this year. And with Carroll what Carroll's doing in AA, I think your Triple A promotion is not far away and uh, depending on which Major League baseballs they're
1: using, yeah. uh, you could
0: even see a little bit more pop there.
1: Yeah, and don't discount uh, downstate Wisconsin's finest Dalton Varsho as well. He rounds out that outfield. That's a great trio. Um, so, I, I mentioned that there were multiple Amarillo Sod Poodles. Corbin Carroll obviously is the Sod Poodle of the future. Is it Dominic Fletcher? It is Dominic Fletcher. 13 games, guys hitting four twenty-six with a 13.27 OPS this month. 13 games, 6 homers, 14 driven in uh just 13 punch outs in 59 plate appearances. I'm I'm pretty here for that.
0: Yeah, so Dominic Fletcher I'm pulling up the notes here cuz I wrote something down on him earlier in the season. He really got off to a hot start and then just didn't slow down and then got hotter again. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's one of the crazier things I've seen and the thing with with Fletcher is another early draft pick in 2019. So we're talking about a guy that, you know, has the pedigree of like a dude that actually was sought after in the draft another guy that I think the year that would have really started to place him on that radar was, was wiped away, right? Mm-hmm. Drafted in twenty nineteen, no season in twenty twenty. So when you get drafted in twenty nineteen, they baby you and then in twenty twenty you have no season. So it, it's I, I almost call the twenty nineteen class in some ways like the forgotten class. And and I think in a lot of ways we're seeing those players either, you know, take a step back because that we talked about the missed year of development with guys like Jared Kelnick, or you see the guys that you know, really remind you, hey, I'm really good. I just didn't have that much opportunity to show you that, um, and, and here I am. I mean, Fletcher's still 24, now performing at the AAA level, and another guy that just like 5'9", 195 pounds, left-handed bat, super scrappy, doesn't strike out a lot at all, and, you know, maybe the power's not going to be the same as some of the other guys we talked about, but another high-end hit tool, gets on base, good tools across the board, the Diamondbacks have a sneaky good system of just really, really high floor, solid bats that are well rounded prospects.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Moving on a little bit, there, and there are some guys that are like quadruple A guys that are just hitting the ball really well right now. Like Robel Garcia is on another planet in, in the Cubs Triple A, but you know we know what Robel Garcia's like ceiling is at the major league level. Um, kind of same thing with David VR kind of same thing with Sebi Zavala right Eddie Alvarez
0: <laughs> Eddie Alvarez I love Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> But but David David VR is is and I don't know if he goes by Villar or VR cuz I, I know VR. he's pretty uh, you know he's been in, he, I always call like a, the, the guys that like americanized their their last names cuz my dad my dad dealt with that with, with his with his when he was growing up and just was like all right you can just call, you know americanize my last name and yeah. um, even our his name was Armando people call him Armando and you just let it roll, like you just yeah, let but it roll. Like, like, come on, like that's <laughs> such an easy thing to I figure know. out. I know, I know. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I, David Vlar or VR, who, whatever we want to go with, I'll go with VR because that's what Jonathan goes with, and he's the king of VRs. So, yes, um, he's swinging it. He was swinging it last year. For whatever reason, went unprotected in the Rule Five, and, and usually, you know, the, the Giants know what they're doing in that regard. Yeah. So it's interesting. But again, he just continues to hit, and uh, similar to like a Michael Stefanik. You know, who we had on the podcast. Sometimes these guys just hit, 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 hit. And we're like, ah, you know, will we continue to do that at the big league level? There's no other crazy tool, and we ignore them, and they do it at the big league level. And again, I could always, you know, nod to Ty France. I don't think any of these guys will be Ty France, but I think there's something there with VR. I really do. I I think he could be a, a pretty solid bat. Uh, at the big league level if he can continue to take to up the way
1: I think he is and the power continues to shine through and dude the, the way that I kind of view this especially like mentioning Robel Garcia and Sebi Zavala here like those are two you know Chicago guys with offenses that are sputtering mightily right now hey what is the harm in calling up Sebi Zavala and Robel Garcia don't you just want to ride a hot hand I agree I would I would give it a go I mean I- like that's what AAA baseball is kind of for it's it's for the <laughs> it's finishing school for your prospects And getting quadruple A guys the hot hand, and if a guy goes down, you can either turn to that prospect or a quadruple A guy that is riding the hot hand.
0: I, I agree. I think the one thing is that also it's like, can we turn that hot hand into sustainable success, right? So maybe he figured something out. Maybe he tweaked something and now it's working. Like, can we get that repetition in there? Get that embedded in his brain of like, okay, these are the moves that's working. This is why he's on a hot streak. This is the approach that's working. Reinforce that and see if it's actually sustainable instead of like, Oh, he has something working. Let's shoot him to the big leagues and see if it works. That's my devil's advocate. But sometimes yeah. it's just a guy that's hot. And if you think if you're not convinced he's he's a legitimate, you know, possible big leaguer like Eddie Alvarez, he's a quadruple A guy
1: that can fill in when you need him. Right. If he's hot, call him up. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah call, call that guy up. That's my thought. Like if Sebi Zavala, right? Like he's uh, just better than like any of the catching options offensively for the White Sox right now. And obviously is gonna get all the reps, but like he's a better offensive option than Reese McGuire. Like, you cannot convince me otherwise here. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So, um, another guy, another catcher, uh, and this guy can actually be a legitimate prospect, is Logan (laughs) Ohapi. I saw Ohapi in short season ball, and I was like, oh, okay, this guy is like a physical catcher. I'm kind of in on this. 17 games, he's hitting 345 with an 11.65 OPS. Six homers, 11 driven in, seven walks, 14 Ks in 17 games. I, I mean, the bat's legit. Yeah. The bat's legit. I don't think there's any doubting it
0: at this point. And if I'm not mistaken, I, I, I think he was in the fall league, too. Yeah, he was. And I think he was he He was played solid. well in the fall. Yeah. League. So, I mean, this is a guy that, that, again, continues to just get better and better. But 23rd round pick, uh, which is pretty interesting. So, one of those just diamonds in the rough. But
1: how old do you think O'Hopi is? Do you have it in front of you? Is no, I don't. Is he 23? 22. He's 22. Okay, like that can actually... And just make...
0: turned 22. 22 in three months. There we go. So like this is a dude that's, that's, you know, got to taste a taste of AAA as the catchers do. You know, they'll shuffle you around sometimes. But, uh, you know, 13 games in AA last year. It was good in the Fall League. Now playing in AA again this year. Looking great. And eight home runs already in those 34 games are pretty impressive to me given that, you know, he never had more than... 16 in a season and that was in 100 games last year so you know we're already seeing more power in that regard but also the walks are what's huge to me because this was a dude that never walked never never walked and in the fall league uh there was a little bit more patience there Uh, i assume that was something he was working on and now we're seeing it tick into his game even more 12 percent walk rate this year uh which i think really stands out because this was a dude that was not walking at all last year and look the, the glove I don't know too much on Logan you know, Ohapi's glove, but overall, you know, if, if he's hitting the way he's hitting, if he can just be a passable catcher, I mean, there's there's some hope there that he could kind of be the heir to JT Realmuto and also just give him some days off uh, because he's not off to the best start in the world this season, and he's 33 now, so yeah. I, I think we could see Ohapi potentially by the end of the season, but there's no, there'll no reason to rush him given 22 years old and just turned 22. He's... He's kind of ahead of schedule all of a sudden for a twenty third round pick in twenty eighteen.
1: Yeah, and he's a Long Island guy too, which I think is very funny. And as we know, going to Syracuse University, the population of Long Island is four billion people. <laughs> so endless, and they all go to Syracuse. They all go to Syracuse. But then, like, I talk to my friends that go to like University of Tampa, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, everybody here is from Long Island." I'm like, it, they spawn. I, I <laughs> genuinely <laughs> think that they just spawn, like they multiply. Um, Lennon Sosa is mm-hmm. another guy. Uh, twenty games in May. He's hitting three ninety-five with an eleven fifty OPS, seven homers, twenty-one driven in in twenty games. Again, three ninety five for Lennon Sosa. This is a guy I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but you know, it much like Logan O'Happy, you're in a system that is just constantly crapped on for being like the thinnest and worst system in baseball, and then all of a sudden these guys are just shredding through Relatively high levels of minor league baseball.
0: Well, oh, and that's the things that we see is like there's a lot of bad systems, but there's so much talent now in, in in just baseball in general that even the bad systems will have players emerge and break out and look good, and and all of a sudden the system's better. The White Sox system still sucks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but
1: dude, Davis Martin wasn't a top thirty prospect, and we just saw him shove at his major league. And debut. that's
0: why it's you. Even a bad system can develop into good pieces for you. And I always give the nod to the Yankees, which that system was never bad, but it went from like legitimately mediocre to middle of the pack to like elite. And they didn't really add that many people. It was just yep. guys taking that next leap and turning into, you know, those, those top end prospects, much lesser scale, but we're seeing the white socks do that. I, Montgomery. I know that was just a first round pickles in Montgomery, but he has been phenomenal out of the gate. Yeah. Um, but I, I love what we've seen from Sosa. And what, what really stands out to me when, when we were talking about him the other night um, was he's got the tools across the board, we're seeing the power start to shine in a little bit. And what's amazing is that there's not much movement to him. So yeah. the power is really all generated by bat speed and just twitch. So like I watch his you know, his swing, it's very simple. His load is simple, repeatable. He starts really in an athletic stance. He's an athletic hitter. And he repeats all of his moves really well. And it's easy power. It's line drive power that translates into home runs. And that's why I believe in, in this continuing to translate. I, I think that Sosa is going to be a legitimate... Top 100 prospect by the end of the year, and I think he is a actual dude for the White Sox, and and he's not that far off from the big leagues because now he's starting to hit you know against more advanced pitching, and all of a sudden we got to start taking this guy pretty seriously as a legitimate legitimate prospect.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm gonna stare into the camera for the YouTube people, buy his baseball cards, Bowman Baseball 2022, right? Aren't you just uh, you're slurping up all Lennon social carts, <laughs> slurping right? Slurping? Yeah, that was a horrible. You're line. vacuuming in. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Cards.
0: Yes, because again, we're really, sucking him
1: down. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah.
0: What I really like about it is is the fact that you know we have a guy here that is adding power and we talk about the the power swing and miss thing. Yeah. Didn't add any swing and miss. He's actually swinging and missing way less. Uh, 13% K rate so far this year and it's it's just line draft sprayed all over. So I'm here for that. Uh, a dude that really got a taste of double A struggled last year. I love to see the guys that got a little bit of the taste at the end of last year and then came back this year with a slight adjustment, quieted things down in the box, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're seeing the the, the production. Just turned twenty two like a week ago, maybe yeah. less than that. So another really young player that's putting up numbers in double A. This is a legitimate prospect. I'm buying what we're seeing in May from Lennon Sosa. Yeah.
1: Uh, another legitimate prospect that I'm totally buying stock in is Kevin Pilar with the uh, Oklahoma City Dodgers. 16 <laughs> he games. Right? He's hitting 340 in 16 games. Um, you know. I, I hate
0: when they get in the way of my fangraphs qu- queries. I, I, like, I'll like i do it younger than
1: 28 or yeah, younger than 27. Right.
0: Just wipe those guys Damn out.
1: Damn it, dude. <laughs> like, Kevin Pilar, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. There are a couple of guys that I want to just run through rapid fire. Like, can they be impact big? Big leaguers, Ezekiel Duran. Yes, he
0: absolutely can. So he's leading the minor leagues in doubles right now, and nine doubles in May in eighteen games. Nine doubles. Wow. So Duran, I mean, that's a guy that came over. You know, for those who might be wondering, came over in in the Joey Gallo trade from the Yankees. Talk about the Yankee system getting better. Yeah. Duran was always an interesting prospect, but took that leap up that year too. And that whole package was like leap up package. Like it was all prospects. Josh Smith. Uh, you had Trevor Hover, Glenn Otto, all dudes that just took this leap that year right. and turned into... If you get offered that package a year ago or oh, you know, a year prior to that, out of the yeah, room. they're like, what are you talking yeah. about? So This kid's just, name is Glenn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like No thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, Duran, another guy, just turned 23. Uh, I, I really do like the bat. It's a little bit of a question of where he's going to play defensively. Definitely not shortstop every day. I think he can play there in a pinch, more of a second baseman. Yeah. So you're looking at a power-hitting second baseman. Uh, With some swing and miss concerns, uh, but again, another guy that has continued to improve on those concerns. 17% K rate this year, by far, by far the lowest of his minor league career. And uh, to to contextualize it a little bit, he played 38 games in high A last year, and he had a 34% K rate in in that span. 36 games in double A this year. 17 percent carry that's nearly halved and again it's only 36 games this year but we're talking about you know a such a dramatic change yeah that you gotta buy in and and this is somebody that's chase rate is down zone contact is up like those are two things if those two are hand in hand chase rate down zone contact up yeah i, I i'm liking what i'm seeing you know I'm, I'm pretty sold on this guy. Look, there's going to be some frustration with him at times. I mean, he's going to be a guy that's very streaky as a hitter. But, yes, he will be a big league bat and, and I think a very solid one. Um, and, and, again, probably one of the best pieces that came over in that deal, arguably could be the best piece that came over in that deal from the Yankees.
1: Yeah, Jordan Diaz is the next one um, in the A's Double A right now. He's with the Midland Rockhounds. I love Diaz when he was in high A. He was one of the younger guys in high A, and I saw immense pop. And uh, Jordan Diaz in the month of May, 19 games, 352, five homers, 20 driven in, just eight punch-outs in 79 plate appearances, eight strikeouts. That's that's what stands out, right? Yeah. But
0: that's what he's always been, right? So he's been a guy that's never struck out more than 15% of the time at, at any level. But again, another another big jump from high A to double A. How are you going to do? How are you going to make that jump? Finish last year in high A. He makes the jump. He cuts the K rate down by almost two percent. Yeah. Uh, walk rate remains exactly the same. Uh, power pretty much on par with what we've seen. I'm interested. I'll be honest. I need to see more of Jordan Diaz. But a 21 year old at the AA level that's hitting the way he's hitting, uh, that's not striking out. So you got the high floor. <laughs> There's not a lot of speed. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. It, it's a lot of pressure on the hit tool.
1: Yeah.
0: But I mean, like we're. We're kind of buying this hit tool, right? I mean, yeah. if he's doing what he's doing, you got to kind of buy the hit tool. But the thing is, he's one of those dudes. It seems like that has the bat to ball, and isn't going to walk much because of that, because right. he feels like he's got to, you know, hit the ball to produce. And uh, we'll see. But highest ISO of his minor career by a lot. Yeah. So all good trends there for an A system that needs all the help they can get.
1: Well, and we know the A's love to spend too. So I'm worried <laughs> that they're going to, they're going to extend Jed Lowry and Kevin Smith long-term. So Jordan Diaz might not have a spot there, uh, but, but we will see. <laughs> I mean, it, that system, that roster is wide open for, for him to make like a 22 year old breaking camp next year. Like there's a non-zero chance if he continues to rake in double A and then gets the promotion of Vegas and, and gets up there. Like, I, the A's are clamoring for anything at the moment, and I think Jordan Diaz can be that guy, that position player um, that gives them, you know, that hope in minor league baseball. And you know, like maybe NBC Sports Oakland like picks up some Las Vegas Aviators games <laughs> when Jordan when Jordan Diaz goes up. Like that's when you know that that an MLB team is rebuilding when they start picking up the minor league games.
0: <laughs> They're at that point almost. Yeah, once they trade Lorneano and a few other guys, I think they'll be at that point. But What's interesting is he's making a lot of DH starts. I'm looking at the defense right now. 15 games of DH. Uh, two games and left this year. One game at third. One game at third? He was pretty much the full-time third baseman in high A. 17 games at first base. So it sounds like you know they don't really trust him at third. That That's going to be the thing. So that's again, fine. a lot of pressure on the bat.
1: Well, they've got Matt Olson over at first anyway. Oh, no. wait. No, they don't. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a lot of pressure on the bat. And... The the DH thing again. That's gonna hurt his prospect
1: status. But if he keeps
0: raking at every level, you got a big league piece here.
1: I'm telling you, man. Like, there's no one blocking him anywhere. No, no. There's no, no one. You put him at short. Anywhere. Elvis Andrews at short. Oh my God. What position's Jed Lowry playing right now? Second, right? I think uh, he homered yesterday. He did homer yesterday. That was funny. We, we heard that he homered. And yeah, he I was started watching.
0: He was just on in the background. <laughs>
1: um, all right, Michael Bush, like, I, 357 in 12 games in May. I dig him a little bit. Do you think he's got a spot with the Dodgers in the next couple of years?
0: Yes. I, I, if, well, if they want. You know what if I'm saying? They like they They don't need him. But I think that there's – here's the thing. If, if we continue to see these struggles from – your favorite player at the big league level, Max Muncie. Yes. Um, Then we could see Michael Bush because I actually think they're very similar. Yeah. Very, very similar. Especially because of what we're seeing from Max Muncie at this juncture, right? Like, what do they want? And then I'm, not, I'm not saying struggle-wise, what they want from him. They're asking him to play second. He just made a critical error to cost him the game against the Phillies, Muncie did. And they have that Freddie Freeman guy at first, so Muncie's not going to play first as much anymore. That's a concern, um, you know, in that regard. If he continues to struggle, I, I think we could see we could see Michael Bush at the big league level as, as soon as this year. Because here's the thing with Michael Bush that stands out to me. He will walk as much as anybody in the minor leagues. He has always been that guy that will walk as much as anybody in the minor leagues. 18% walk rate nearly in 31 games in AA last year. In 2021, 14% walk rate. He's going to strike out 25 plus percent. You know, at the time at the big league level, I think I think he'll be somewhere in the 23 to 28 percent strikeout rate range, but he's going to walk a ton to offset it. He has a ton of power. He's not a great defender, but he can play passable defense at second base, like Max Muncie. So I'm not saying he's the replacement for Muncie, but if they feel like Muncie's really struggling he goes down with another injury, he is a similar profile with similar skill set that could probably do something similar to what Muncie would be doing on the better end, right? Like, he's not going to give you that MVP candidate production, but something in the middle of what they're getting from him now and what they got from him last year, I think Bush is capable of, which is, you know, 275, 360 on base, 25-plus homers. That's the ceiling for Bush. And I think it's very possible because we really haven't seen any reason to believe that he can't do it. And, again, it's, it's a tough hit tool gauge because, technically speaking, the bat to ball isn't phenomenal.
1: Yeah.
0: But the quality of contact is is really good. The walk rate is really good. And if he's getting on base at a 360 clip, 370 clip, that's a pretty good hit tool, even if he's technically not hitting the ball every time. So I'm in on Bush. I think he's a big leaguer, and it's really just about whether the Dodgers want to package him and yeah. who they prefer him or Miguel Vargas. And I'll take Vargas. Yeah. So I could see Bush being a trade chip. At 24 years old here, you're not going to give away a superstar. But this is still a former first-round pick who has really produced at every step. And I don't think you can fault this guy really for anything so far.
1: Yeah, so Bush um, is he's probably having the second-best month of any Dodger farmhand, aside from Eddie Alvarez, of course. Um, but the other guy is Miguel Vargas, like you just mentioned. 20 games in May, he's hitting three sixty-seven with an OPS nearing 1,100. Uh, Miguel Vargas, four doubles, two triples, four homers. 16 RBIs, about 16 walks and 12 punch outs this month.
0: So that's what you're gonna get with Vargas. Uh, he's another dude that's going to take his free passes not quite to the clip of Bush, but he's gonna strike out about 10% less frequently than Michael Bush. He's gonna play better defense you know I don't think he's a great defender uh, but I think he's a better defender than Michael Bush a little bit more uh, athletic overall. The question is the power and you know I, I believe that that he is a Vargas is a bat to ball guy who is able to just have such a good feel for backspinning baseballs and naturally just getting carry on his swing and on his contact that he will be able to hit 20 plus homers but i can understand the question as to how much impact this guy can provide i think he will provide enough so that's the thing is you know that you could potentially get 25 plus 30 maybe even from michael bush you're probably looking at closer to 15 to 20 maybe a little bit more from from miguel vargas but i'll take the plus hit tool almost you know guaranteed decent hitter at the big league level that again continues to just rake at every stop Miguel Vargas is one of my favorite prospects in baseball as, as we know and uh, that that's a guy that might end up pushing Bush out of town if they're going to make a trade because I would much rather have Vargas but I don't necessarily know if the Dodgers feel the same way so that's the thing to, to follow there
1: 100% Um, one guy that I want to throw at you and I just want to make sure that I get this uh, this stat line correct Jock Peterson, last night in the 13-12 win over the Mets, was four for six with three homers and eight driven in. He was traded straight up for Bryce Ball, who's putting together a very solid month of May. Do you think Bryce Ball is an actual big league first baseman? Very well could be. He's a massive human being.
0: He very well could be. I mean, this is another player that's just kind of figured out the balance of things now, right? Where he... I, I when we looked at the trade out of the gate, I'm like, okay, that's just a flyer. You know, right. We'll see how it goes. Is it at the time of the deal? What he
1: was hitting two oh six. I don't think we analyzed the deal whatsoever. We just acknowledged that that was the start of the Cubs fire sale. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there wasn't much to know there.
0: Twenty three years old. Yeah. At the double A level, and I we're looking at someone who's cut the K rate down by eight percent. The power has not dissipated at all. I mean, he's already matched last year's home run total uh, You know that he had in high A w- in 38 games. So uh, let me correct that. He had 13 home runs between the two teams. But in 54 games with the Braves, 6 homers. 38 games with the Cubs this year, 6 homers. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're seeing a guy that's putting up basically similar power, if not more power, and a lesser K rate. Walk rate's down a little bit, so he's a little bit more aggressive. But you know, we're, we're talking about somebody that's putting it together in a system that's filled with guys that are putting it together offensively we talked to Matt Mervis recently mm-hmm. Matt Mervis is absolutely raking uh, all of their uh, corner guys seem to be swinging it really well and Mervis says that there's just a, kind of this contagious uh, hitting atmosphere that's been felt through the system and a lot of the guys feel really confident there I like what we're seeing from ball and he's looked really good so far you talk about a massive human I don't think we've seen all of the power translate yet Yep. This is somebody that has plus plus power potential that has not quite turned it into game power. Yeah, we could continue to see that, but at least the hit tool is, is continuing to tick up. Yeah. Um. How high is Jordan Lawler gonna be on the top one hundred update? We were one of the only are we are we maybe the only ones to have him ahead of Marcelo Meyer?
1: I think you were saying that. Yeah, I think we're the only outlet with with Lawler ahead of Meyer.
0: I mean, Lawler could be the top twenty.
1: hitting three eighty one in sixteen games in May.
0: I mean, and this is a high school guy in full season ball. Yes. He's going to go to high A soon, I, I, w- I would imagine. And, I mean, not striking out, walking, hitting for power. Stealing a defense, shit ton of bases. Stealing a ton of bases. He's a five-tool potential superstar. And I'm, I'm floored at how advanced the bat is this yeah. far. Yeah. Or thus far. This is... A guy that, you know, I remember the, the rumblings early on where, you know, is he going number one? Is Meyer going number one? For a while, it was is oh, the shoe in number one. I think everybody took turns being the shoe in number one. Lawler proving and starting to make his case that he should have been that shoe in number one, potentially, I think.
1: Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I, I think Pittsburgh is happy with Henry Davis. Oh, percent before, before the broken wrist, I mean, he was, he was killing it right now. And I, I think it's just like a minor break. Like, I think it's like a little chip, he'll so fine. he'll be good. Um, Gunnar Henderson, is he a top one hundred guy? Yes, we have him in the top one hundred. I think he's in the, the eighty to seventy range. Is he gonna be higher? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes he's killing it. A player that, you know, probably aggressive assignments out of the out of the gate last year. I yeah, but he was good everywhere. He held his own. You know, it, it, there was some some rough swing and miss issues. So so with him it was it was lower half and upper half out of sync a little bit, you know, fight or flight mode against more advanced pitching, but then you looked at the, the numbers in a macro scale and you're like Hey, this was still a good year. He was still good enough at every level. He's settled back in now, getting to repeat a level. Uh, It's just been a joke for him so far. And a player that really everybody was looking at, at least I felt like I I was looking at as a breakout guy last year, I felt like a lot of other people felt the same way, and didn't quite do that full breakout, so we pitted him against himself a little bit. Michael Harris is in that same boat. Everyone was buzzing on Michael Harris from the the, uh, ATS, and all of a sudden... You know, Michael Harris has a really good year last year, but it wasn't this breakout off the charts year. And so we pitted him against himself a little bit. And I think that was the same thing with Henderson. Now he's exploding this year, and I feel like he's not getting as much of the conversation as he should because he's been better across the board in every single regard. Yeah. Power's there. I mean, he's hitting the ball more frequently. He's walking a ridiculous amount. What are the walk numbers so far this month? Is that in front of you? Because He's been walking a ridiculous amount.
1: Yeah, uh, he's been pretty solid. 18 games, 16 walks, 12 punch outs. So he's got a 468 OBP in May. 16 walks. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine? It's okay. To so, walk every game? Uh, I do have a question, though, before we keep on going. ATS with Michael Harris. Mm-hmm. What does ATS mean? Alternate training site. Against the spread? <laughs> alternate training site? I had never heard that acronym. You've never heard that? No, ATS. I just heard alternate site. Alt site. Yeah, yeah, I never heard it. ATS. The alternate training site. Yeah, I yeah. never heard that.
0: Oh, no. Well, How about
1: that? Yeah, no, that's used. Okay. Gunnar yeah, yeah. Gunner Henderson walking a lot. Yes, <laughs> right that's, that's a lot of walks. <laughs> You're underselling walks. the hell out of that. No, Six- I mean, 16 walks in 18 games, man. Like this guy on the season, as I pull the stats up right here, 37 games, 37 walks, 27 punch outs. <laughs> that's stupid. He's got a 980 OPS in the season. It's dumb. And really, the,
0: the Orioles were working with him on, on the consistency of the lower half and the upper body and, and getting everything in sync. It's all in sync now. He's confident. And you can see that that is clearly translating into confidence and in swing decisions and confidence in results, and uh, there's no doubt in what he's doing right now.
1: I wonder where he ranks as I pull it up real quick on the portal here. Hopefully the Wi-Fi is good enough for me to get it right away. Um, yeah, the leaders in OBP in minor league baseball at the moment, Gunnar Henderson, is somehow not in the top 10. He's got a four fifty one OBP in Double A as a guy that is more than two years under the league average hitter. Um Let's see. You've got Astori Ruiz with a 484 OBP. Which is outrageous, by the way, because we've talked
0: about Ruiz a lot now in the last couple episodes, continues to just rake, get on base, and run. Yeah. And uh, another guy that might be a legit dude.
1: Yeah, 100%. Corbin Carroll, also a 462 OBP. But two more guys to wrap up this conversation to kind of dovetail into our preview of the trip. Two of the hottest hitters in minor league baseball right now are Joey Weimer and Griffin Conine. Both have OPSs yeah. right around eleven hundred.
0: Yeah, um, it's been fun because those are two guys I obviously really enjoy to follow. Weimer, Weimer being someone that has come on um, the podcast from back when it was the other podcast, and now uh, on this one as well. And I, I'm excited for you to meet Joey Weimer. We're, we're going to connect with him uh, and have some some interviews. Uh, again, as we do this continue to do this road trip, we'll have interviews at every stop and. Weimer's a guy that, man, he is a freak in the most respectful way possible. Did not get off to a jo- Joey Weimer-esque start in the beginning, which meant just he wasn't hitting 900 with a bomb every day. Yeah. And he was more 280 with not as much power out of the gate. And then he just got right back to being Joey Weimer again, which is home runs every time you check in, walks. Yes, he's going to strike out, but it doesn't really matter because I he... I don't have it in front of me. I don't even know if there's a way to quantify it with what we have at our disposal, but I would take him over almost anybody in the slugging on contact department. He hits the ball so freaking hard. He hits the ball with so much carry, and he's a great athlete too. He can play center. He's stealing bases. He does everything. He's Hunter Pence with more exciting tools potentially. There's obviously more swing and miss, so I'm not saying he's going to have the career that Hunter Pence had, but he has a lot of similarity with more upside potentially just a much lower floor. So we'll see how it all goes. But Weimer is so, so exciting. And I mean, it's not like this is a flash in the pan. He did this, what we're seeing in this month, all last year, all last year. So now he's just doing it at the double a level. Griffin Conine, obviously close friend, uh, very excited. We're going to be doing a lot of, uh, content with him over the next week. Uh, once we get out to Pensacola, I, I can just speak to, to what Griffin has been working on. And, uh, This is somebody that works his butt off, that is aware of the K concerns and the swing and miss issues, and very much wants to quell that, but at the same time, he has to be who he is, which is a guy that hits home runs as much as anybody in the minors. He's the number two in all of minor league baseball with 36 homers last year, so he's not going to be a slap hitter all of a sudden. People are like, oh, just strike out less. Well, how do you do that while still hitting 36 home runs? If everybody could do it, they would. So he's been trying to find that balance, and I think he has, because... You talk about the 1,100 OPS this month. The K rate is down significantly as well. It's under 30% for the month, if I'm not mistaken. And that's the big standout thing here, right? He's not striking out as much, and the power is there. Zone contact is up for Griff. Uh, I really think he's it's starting to click for him. I'll always admit my bias as a close friend of mine, but it seems like it's clicking for him. You can't deny the 1,100 OPS. You can't deny the the, the downtick in K rate. And, I mean, he looks really good. So, uh, I'm very encouraged by Griff. He's a guy that hits lefties really well. Uh, he's somebody that hits VLO really well. And he's hitting breaking balls, change-ups, high VLO, He seems to be figuring it out and he's made tangible swing adjustments to be able to do this and approach adjustments chase rated at a a career low as well
1: yeah i mean let's look at double a by year right because he spent the back half of the year in double a last year in 42 games in double a he had a buck 76 but he had 13 homers just look at the slugging though he slugged 447 in 42 games in double a 2022 32 games he's slugging 471 it's better the ops is is up by nearly 150 points He's hitting two eighty-one in 32 <laughs> games. Like, the guy that finished second in home runs last year in all the minor league baseball is hitting two eighty-one in AA. I'll take that 11 days out of 10.
0: That's what I'm saying. And, and the, the qual- talk about slugging on contact. If Maybe the only guy that would be above him other than MJ last year. That would be above
1: Joey Weimer is Griffin Conan with slugging on contact. I'm also thinking just like average exit velo in the minors. Like he's gotta be up there. I mean, Trey Cabbage was up there before Trey he there. Trey dirt. Cabbage is number one. Yeah, I mean uh, it's just ridiculous. But
0: but Griffin's already put up a 118 this year. Yeah.
1: I mean he's put up some of the
0: best exit velos out there. And I am excited to see how it continues. The my my concern for him big time was the zone contact. Zone contact last year was rough. It was in you know the high sixties, low seventies. Zone contact since he's made those swing adjustments through this, the end of April, is over 80%. That, that's league average. That's yeah. big league average. If you're getting big league average zone contact from a guy with Griffin's power, there's a lot to be excited about there. So between Weimer and Conan I think both of those guys will hit the ball enough, even with the swing and miss concerns, to be very exciting. The freakish part
1: about Weimer is he can play center. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the craziest part with Weimer. Stay tuned. Uh, Sunday night, 2 a.m., we're recording. Uh, RM is going to talk for half an hour with Griffin Conine about everything he does poorly on a baseball field, and that's going to be great. <laughs> that's going to be an awesome episode.
0: Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> going to be really fun, though. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but no, Griffin will get really into the weeds with it. He's a, he's a nerdy hit. I would say Joey Weemer and Griffin Conine are almost the opposites of each other. Yeah. Griffin will, will dive into every tiny move almost too much, and now it's... Found what works and is is just rolling with it, which I love to see. Weimer is like I just go out there and swing. Oh,
1: good. And
0: and, and you know I'll be like, well, what, what were you thinking here? He's like, nothing. You know, and yeah. I, and I love that. I love that because he knows what works for him. And there's obviously times where he's like, this was a spot where I was aware of this and that. And he, a lot of it for for Weimer is innate and feel. It's not just he's going up there and swinging blindly. It's just a lot of it's innate and feel. Right. Uh, Griff is sometimes just over analyzing it, and now I think he's found that happy medium of this is the moves I need to make to repeat to be successful. And he's doing it, and he's found it, and he's rolling with it. And, you know, Weimer did the same thing last year, and he's rolling with it and trusting it. And I'm really excited to talk to both of these guys because it's going to be two of the most different conversations, but both extremely interesting. And again, we're going to be going through every stop. We're going to get to see uh, those guys, which obviously is Milwaukee A and the Marlins A. We're going to see, most likely, uh, Tampa Bay Rays A level, which Montgomery. I'm very excited yep. Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, and then who else? Mississippi. One. Mississippi. Get to see a little Michael Harris as well, who has been swinging it really well this month also.
1: Yeah. So, no, that's going to be good. We're going to see four great double-A teams. We've got some college baseball that we're watching tonight. Uh, that'll be good. We're going to get Tennessee and Vandy as the late game. Might be at the Hoover Met until 2 a.m.
0: <laughs> the today. Hoover Met. Uh, good venue. I've good enjoyed venue. it. Good
1: venue. I'm excited for some late-night SEC baseball tonight.
0: L- little Judd Fabian. Yeah,
1: I'm excited for Judd Fabian. We got a uh, game one that we're going to see is uh, A&M in Florida, and then it's going to be uh, Tennessee and Vandy.
0: So we'll be tweeting uh, tweeting away with updates on some of these guys that are very much draft prospects, a lot of draft prospects out here. So we'll have the, the information, the thoughts, and everything on those guys. We'll definitely have a little bit more of a conversation on those first and second round, day one, day two guys that w- we're seeing over the next yeah. couple days. I'm sure we'll talk about them on the next uh, couple episodes as well, but very excited for some more college baseball coverage, some more college baseball conversation moving forward.
1: Yeah, do we need to tweet out a speed grade on Enrique Bradfield tonight? Because like, I think I might be the first one to to label Enrique Bradfield as an 85 speed.
0: 85 out of out of 80. Yes, I'm very excited to see Brad. So we saw him in Omaha. Yeah, and he's it, electric. It it's it's almost like he's running. You know what it looks like to me when Bradfield's running. You know those little pointless walkers on uh, at the airport? The, the oh, little, the moving walkways. The moving walkways. I love the moving walkways. I, I think they're
1: eyewash, but you know that's. Oh a, that, no, dude! I love those things. I,
0: I walk next to people on the walkways, and I and I'm moving just about the same speed. It, it's what's the point?
1: No, see, my thing is like I can I can keep a leisurely pace, but it feels like I'm going faster. That's fair.
0: So what? That's my point. And Enrique Bradfield is looks like he's sprinting on one of those. It's like he already looks fast, and it's like he has that little push. I feel like I wipe out. Like, that's what Bradfield looks like when he's running. It's like he's sprinting on one of those. That's how fast he is. And he's starting to hit the ball with a bit more authority, too. I, I can't wait to see this guy play again. And I'm very excited to see him swing a wood bat this summer yeah. in Katuit. Uh, so that should be pretty fun That's as well.
1: Be great, hey, boys! of spring crossover here. Ben Hess, freshman for Alabama, shoved yesterday. Yes, <laughs> that it was sick. That might was... end up being an
0: early draft pick. Ben Hess from Alabama. That was ridiculous. legit. That was one of the best performances from a guy I've never heard of I've ever
1: seen. Yeah, I, I love doing that. Just <laughs> going in and being blissfully ignorant and just seeing a guy shove. And it's like, oh, let's let's hop on his bio on Bama. And on. it was
0: like, oh, this guy was a reliever. And not I if he's a reliever next year, you can punch
1: me in the face. Yeah, he's the Friday guy for Bama <laughs> next year. All right, I think that's it for me. That's all
0: I got. Uh, download the Loop app. The link is in the description. The offer for your $20 credit to go rip some Bowman expires in five days, so download that app. All you have to do is click the link in, link in the description and download it, and you get $20 to spend on prospects. You literally did it the other day and pulled a Lennon Sosa, so I know we were amped about that. Uh, that was pretty
1: exciting. Yeah, I was pretty excited about it. I'm trying to get into the hobby. The um, hobby. Yeah, so uh, ripping packs in the <laughs> hobby. That's what I'm trying to do.
0: That's He's getting the verbiage already. He's yeah, the lingo. The, yeah. The, there you go. Uh, you're in, and we're going to have much more for you over the next week with a lot of minor league coverage, a lot of minor league conversation. So stay tuned, definitely subscribe to the podcast to stay uh, you know, up to date with everything there. Follow us on Twitter as well. And a lot of articles on just baseball.com. And of course on YouTube. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the folks on YouTube. I'm looking at you right now. Hope you enjoyed this interesting hotel setup with this crazy artwork behind us. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of the call up. Really excited for the coverage we have moving forward over the next week,
1: different hotel background next episode. Let's go.